Welcome to the Homeschool Loft Cast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and the curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. My name is Tina Hollenbeck, and today my colleague and friend Jenny Tetzner and I welcome Hannah Twimala, who has driven an hour and a half from her little town to join us here in studio. Hannah is a member of a small group of Wisconsin homeschoolers that I've had on Facebook for a few years, and part of her family's story is featured in Chapter 5 of my new book, Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers. I was so thrilled to include her testimonial in the book because I believe it will bless many families in similar situations, and I know she's going to bless us here today as well. Hi, Hannah. Hello, hello. I am delighted that you're here in our studio. I can't wait to hear everything that you have to tell us. Just let me know if I get a little long-winded because I love our story (laughs) and it's just really, I'm excited to share a blessing, like you said, blessing other families, what's worked for us, how other people have encouraged us. So, yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your husband and then we'll go from there? I'm a good old Midwestern girl. I was born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And my dad was actually one of the first board members on the Homeschool Association in South Dakota. Wow. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I was homeschooled until third grade and then in public school after that until sixth and then private school from sixth to high school graduation. Uh, My husband, Caleb, and I have been married for 20 years this year. Congratulations. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary in July. So that's been... Like, it feels like whole different lifetimes Mm. in that 20 years. You know what I mean? Like just seasons and changes in lifetimes. Yeah. So when we were, we got married when we were 17. So we were babies. Um, Guys, we're little. We were Did you have to get parents sign off on that? Yes. Okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. My daughter waited until six days after she turned 18. So we didn't have to do that. (laughs) So, But we adopted. So our family is built through adoption. Our oldest son, we adopted when he was 15. Oh, wow. Now, I am only eight and a half years older <laughs> than our adopted son. Wow. Than our, old, our first son. So yeah. um, I love to tell his story. And he gave me permission, by the way, to tell yes. his story today. Because I just love to think of the providence of the Lord that when I was in third grade, my son was born Wow. to a teenage mom. Ah. <sighs> And his whole story was developing without me even knowing it. And then our stories merged when I was in my early 20s and, you know, he was, you know, 15. So we adopted him. He came home when he was 15, officially adopted when he was 17. And then he is the biological father of two of our now adopted sons. Oh, wow. So (laughs) this whole story is so exciting, Hannah. It's amazing. So we have um, four kiddos at home right now. Okay. Uh, Mr. B is 11. Uh, Little Miss A is 9. Mr. E is 7, going on 25. Uh, And (laughs) and my little baby, Mr. D, is going to be 6. And uh, the two youngest are our oldest sons, biological sons, but then we adopted them when they were toddlers. Wow. (laughs) So that's our family in a nutshell. And then we have an African gray parrot. (laughs) <laughs> who is a teenager 
continually. <laughs> and uh, the best dog in the world. Wait, actually. Hannah, have you written a book? I have written. I yeah. have not published anything. Oh, what are you waiting for? Courage. <laughs> right, oh, Tina? I was because listening. I am at the edge of my seat right now. This right? is this is just phenomenal. And to be honest, a lot of it comes from, we've had a lot of trauma in our story. Okay. And we actually had a failed adoption. And yeah. with that, there was a lot of healing yeah. that had to happen. Right. So when I talk about seasons and lifetimes. Yes. Like right now, I feel like we are in a completely different place mm. than we were like five years ago, seven sure. years ago, where now I feel like I'm in a place I have a different perspective mm-hmm. and I could I'm actually going relaunching my blog that I had way back when because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a place where I can write again. Yeah. Whereas before I just felt like it was too raw. Sure. If that makes sense. Yes. So okay. yeah. So now we're in a totally different. Totally so, different thing. so what is your blog name? Let's just get that out okay. there. That'll hold you accountable yeah. to start posting. <laughs> yes. Um, and actually, yeah, we're we're launching it. Get your pencils you and guys pens, folks, and write this, this right. down. <laughs> so it's stubborn fish. Tales, T-A-L-E-S, as in ah, stories. Okay. Stubborn fish is a mix. Um, Twimla, our last name, means stubborn in Finnish. Okay. It's a <laughs> word picture of like in a hard place, like stuck in a hard place, stubborn. Mm. And then uh, my maiden name means fish. Okay. So <laughs> I everything it. about this story is just exactly if I was this at a bookstore. Okay. Yes. I would be just looking at the back of the book and getting just the fact that your husband, because your husband is 100% Finnish, you said. I mean, almost. We, okay, he, has, almost. he has some French and Native American in there, which often happens mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in there, but all, he's like well into the finish because here's the thing is like through everything there's so many different categories of excitement (laughs) i mean it's like everything you're saying is it's just so thrilling and and that's the thing is god writes good stories yeah oh he sure does it's just that's the amazing thing so Yeah, so I our can kind of show you how to write a book proposal, my dear. <laughs> I, you know, and it's so funny because you and I have Did been you hear that, guys? have been acquaintances for so long. Yes. I mean, seven just plus years online, right? Online, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like God is really this year has really opened yeah. things up, and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? What's yeah. coming next? Okay. So, tell yeah. us. Tell us the so next can, part. Can you tell us a little bit about your kids? Because I, I know yes, they, they all you. have some special needs uh, um, and yes. unique gifts and challenges, right? Yes. So mm-hmm. two of our kiddos are on the autism spectrum, but likely that comes from prenatal, al- prenatal alcohol and mm. substance exposure. Mm. So some people refer to it as environmental autism mm. as opposed to, you know, whatever the other component is. So our 11-year-old, Mr. B, is on the autism spectrum and has has some unique uh, social and behavioral challenges, mm. but academically, easiest kid in the world to teach. Mm. He was reading by five, you know, like, he's just, like, very willing and wanting to learn. Yeah. But our daughter, our only girl, our little fiery redhead, um, <laughs> is has had more struggles learning how to read traditionally and do math she has geniuses in other ways. And so we were like, where is the disconnect happening? How can we take this and bridge this to that? Mm-hmm. And, and her so, story is the one in chapter five. Her story is the one in chapter so, five mm-hmm. about how we games, specifically tabletop games, really opened her willingness and her connections to learning. Yes. Um, and then our two youngest boys are, if they were going to a traditional school, would probably be categorized ADHD. 
Mm-hmm. They are constant movers, constant climbers, constant noise. <laughs> and at home, I mean, although it can be challenging, I can tell them, you know, go ride your bike, go to your scooter, mm-hmm. go do whatever. Mm-hmm. And a seven-year-old does not need to do eight hours of schoolwork. Can I get an amen? Say that again, Hannah. Could you say that for the listeners? A seven-year-old does not need to do eight hours of schoolwork. Nor should he ever. Nor should he ever. (laughs) So he, you know, he will go do his thing, go climb outside, go do whatever. And then he'll come in and he's like, well, I want to do this. Have you done your schoolwork yet? No. Well, should we get that done? Okay. And he'll just (laughs) do it and he'll complete it. And then he's done. And it's like, okay. Now you can go back and do what you want to do. So good. Um, and then my Preach little it, my little five-year-old, you know, mm. he's like, I, he's so funny, he's so sassy. I don't have to do schoolwork yet because oh. I'm not six. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, you're turning six very soon. Mm. Oh, man. And then <laughs> you're like, so. does he meet the cutoff this year or does he have another year? He has another year. Ah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Actually, almost all my kids had an extra had an extra year in okay. Wisconsin homeschool right. criteria. The, they get so to be like, off the radar for an extra yeah. year almost, right? Um, so that's been kind of like figuring out they're all so different. Of course. They're yeah. all so different. And like uh, Mr. B, he has to do his schoolwork first. And this is kind of where I'm going with the outline. Like, you need to meet your kid mm-hmm. individually. That's mm-hmm. right. Where mm-hmm. your individual kid is at. You have, in my case, four kids at home. It's not, well, this is what your sister is doing, so you have to do it too. Yeah. Don't you feel like, and I'm, I know that you've talked yeah. to a million moms probably, just like we have. Don't you get this overall consensus that every mom wishes deep inside that all the kids could just do the same exact oh book, the same exact you know, everything. Yes. It's I mean, that would like, be so easy. And, you, and even as moms, you guys, here's the thing yeah. is, let's not kid ourselves. Sometimes we try to conform them to that. Like, come on, yes. but it's just frogs. You right. love frogs, don't you? Because right. Jimmy loved frogs. Exactly. Because <laughs> I bought that curriculum. Well, you curriculum have to use it too. Exactly. Yes. And we have some dead frogs in the back room. <laughs> we I actually need do. to explore the skeletons again I have them. we move on. I know we're, we're getting off oh. path here, but I'm just going to put a little shout out as I literally have a box of, what are those called? You know, specimens, specimens, you guys. Mm, my specimens. dad was a naturalist. Yeah, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the specimens. They are sealed in probably that formaldehyde in a box. But anybody out there wants them? I have them. <laughs> Contact the homeschool left. Contact the right. homeschool left. <laughs> <laughs> but so like so like I said, Mr. B is very much like if he does not get his schoolwork done first and foremost before even he does his chores, hmm. it will not get done because he can sometimes depending on his day. He can sometimes take four hours to do one page. Mm -hmm. He's fully capable. That's not the problem. Problem is distractions or mood. He has a mood disorder and that makes things difficult some days. So some days like today he rocked it. I'm like, dude, look at this. And he's like, I know. (laughs) Um, So but then my daughter has to play first. She has to take her ideas and play with them and Get them all squared out. And then she can go, okay, I can sit down and do my work now. If we try to force that, it's not going to be good work. She's not going to learn anything from that. Right. There's no continuity there. So, and oftentimes she will be teaching her younger brothers. She's playing school with her brothers. Ah. She's going over. She has an amazing um, tutor who does her reading. 
for her twice a week and she'll be like, well, this is what we do. And she goes through. I'm like, I love that. It's amazing. But for her, you know, she's nine. If she were in traditional school. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. She would not be allowed to. They would shut that down immediately. Silence. Yeah. Because and for her to have this this little girl play, you know, I'm thinking about like when I was nine, I still played with dolls and I did all these things. But I think of like little girls today seem to be forced into this. You have to be mature and grown Mm. up. Because she would probably technically be in, in between third and fourth grade if she were in traditional mm-hmm, school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I know what was going on when I was in yes. school in those ages. That is such a great point because they do, they they grow them up. They grow them up. They Long gone are the doll days and all those yes. things. And yes. it doesn't even matter. Even the collecting rock stage or anything yes. like that, right? I would say that our daughters in general, I don't know yours, but I, I, I know Tina's. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say, I mean, they're very mature. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and I'm sure they're... Homeschool moms, your daughters, I'm sure, are mature. You can understand what I'm trying to say is because we let them be kids. We let yes. them be kids. We mm-hmm. didn't make them grow up. Yep. And Our- they can deal with big ideas mm-hmm. in their own yes. way. Oh, yeah. So like when we're doing our reading or we're doing whatever, she can take these big ideas and construct them in her own way without having to feel like she's being forced into a bolt. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes it seems unfair, right? Dr. Kathy Cook talks about this on all the time where you're not the same. Yeah. So it would be unfair to treat you the same. Mm. So it's it's very much trying to figure out. And actually, it works to my benefit because I can focus on one. Yes. And get him done or as close to done as he's going to yeah. let me. <laughs> and then the other ones can come along and be like, OK, I'm done focusing on him now. Right. He's off doing his chores. Mm. Now mom has time available to yes. focus on you. And that so that that rhythm works out when our youngest gets into the mix. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where we're at with our homeschooling journey right now is figuring out how each piece works. Were you intimidated? And I don't know where in the process you got diagnoses or inclinations mm. for each of their special needs or whatever. But a lot of times we hear parents say, I can't homeschool because my child has X, Y, Z special need and yes. I must send them to school with the experts. And So how would you answer that? Or were you intimidated by that? Or So my background, I have a bachelor's in early childhood development. Okay. And that was purely because I didn't, I didn't want to be a traditional elementary school ed teacher. Mm -hmm. I've always been a teacher since I was little. Um, We have three teachers sitting at this table. (laughs) And you don't even have to be a teacher. No, but when I say I've been a teacher since I was little, it has been affirmed since I was a very young girl you teach. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to follow that gifting. And I found an amazing program in the UP where mm-hmm. we're from. And they've shut down now. I'm so sad. But I loved it. I mm-hmm. absorbed it. All the child development stuff. I just soaked it in. But the lesson planning stuff, oh, it, yeah. not my favorite. So I taught school for one year. I taught kindergarten for one year before we had some crisis with our family that we had to deal with. But my husband and I taught uh, in group homes. That's mm. how we met our son oh, is we okay. were staff at, at therapeutic group homes. So the special needs thing has mm. kind of always been in my environment. Even as a kid, my family, like my mom taught at a special needs school. Okay. So I, I, I volunteered at the South Dakota school for the deaf when I was in high school. So mm. I was always kind of surrounded by different people yeah. with different abilities. Hannah, your story just gets better and better. <laughs> So, so intriguing. So when our daughter came home, 
she was only three weeks old and we knew she was, she was extremely sick. She was, we knew she was addicted. We knew kind of what this was going to be like and that there were question marks. Sure. With her neurological differences. And, and then our, when our, our son came home, he was actually second. So she was, came home first and then he was 26 months when, when he came home, Mr. B came home and he was a bit more of a question mark because we didn't have the same history because uh, okay. he was 26 months old. Okay. His, his family yeah, history yeah. was much more of a question mark. We didn't know. Sure. Um, so he didn't get diagnosed with um, autism spectrum disorder until he was almost six. Okay. Mm. Wow. And we had to fight for that. Yeah. We yeah. had to go to our pediatrician and say, here are the things we are seeing. And she mm-hmm. said, yeah, it's time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And thankfully we had a very supportive pediatrician who said, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get him diagnosed. And then actually his diagnosis actually led to our daughter's diagnosis. Okay. Because we're like, oh, we're seeing differences. But girls with autism spectrum disorder present very differently mm. than boys do, typically. Mm. Yeah. Of course, you know, as the saying goes, you've met one person with ASD. You've met one person with ASD. <laughs> That's right. There's yeah. no such thing as typical, really, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So mm. that, but that gave us kind of the avenue and the courage to go, let's see. What happens? And the more I learned about it, oh, this fits so yeah. much. Where I was like, I'm really seeing how she reacts differently than her typically developmentally peers. Sure. So it was like, okay, figuring this out. But no, I've never been intimidated by that because for me, it's like, wow, I have the freedom yeah. to mm-hmm. give them what they need. Mm-hmm. I, when we did foster care, I was so stressed out by sending my kids to the local public school yeah. because in the case of our one child, I would get calls almost every day saying you have to come pick up your kid because they're doing X, Y, Z. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, yeah, they're in this system. You right. know yeah. their IEP, you mm-hmm. know this stuff, but you're telling me you can't educate my child <laughs> because he did something inappropriate with a sausage at breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that was literally one of the calls I got. Wow. wow. So it's like, Hmm. Okay. So then I was just really discouraged by that whole system. Mm -hmm. So when we had a little time with our younger ones before they were school age, right? Because when you're a foster care parent, you don't have a choice, right? In most cases, Mm -hmm. where certainly the state of Wisconsin, you're not allowed to homeschool a foster child, right? Unless you get a very special judge Mm -hmm. right off that says in this child's best interest okay. for them to be homeschooled. And that's usually because of emotional needs or things like that. But it's hard. Yeah. It's and I think hard. that's true in most other states, yes. if not every state, most. Yes. Right. Yeah. We were forced into that system because right. we didn't have a choice. Right. Um, but once children are legally adopted, then they're just like your own natural children and you can make that choice as okay. a parent. So with our younger ones, we had more time. Yeah. Since they were adopted when they were um, infants and toddlers. Yes. Right. right. Yes. So that was easier. So, I mean, you saw the system with foster kids who had different needs of whatever kind and homeschooling. So would you say homeschooling special needs kids is actually easier than sending them to the system? Oh, by far. Yes. Now the therapy is part. Mm -hmm. You have to figure out. Okay. So um, the public school system is required by law to provide what they can as far as like speech therapy and stuff like that, what they're able to provide. So if you're out of that system, then you do have to do that privately. Mm-hmm. But that means you get to do it privately and you get mm-hmm. to choose. There's that word. You yes. get to choose who is helping your kid. 
Mm. Now, if you adopt through the foster care system, most of the time you are able to use state Medicaid to help with those kinds of things. So we've never run into that where something hasn't been covered um, because we've had, you know, every therapy that you can think of under the sun since the kids were, were little. So but you still get to choose. You get to choose yeah. as long as they accept yeah. whatever you're willing to pay. If you okay. want to pay for it privately, like completely, yeah. you can do that. Right. But there are options out there. Yeah, so, right. yeah, but okay. you get to choose instead of going, well, this is the school therapist and this is what they have. Yeah. You can t- mm-hmm. choose. And that's actually one of the reasons we stayed in Southeast Wisconsin mm-hmm. is because the opportunities here mm-hmm. are so vastly superior to what's available in the Upper Peninsula because oh, we yeah. were driving one hour one way to get yeah. to speech therapy because wow. that was the only one available. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just very different than, oh, look at all these providers we have to choose from. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious, yeah. Hannah. This is my favorite story of all. <laughs> it is. So get me on track. What, yeah. what do you want to know next? Tina, get us on track. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Well, I mean, so, I mean, so just to encourage parents who know their kids have some special learning needs and they're scared to pull them to homeschool, why shouldn't they be scared? Yeah. Because you know your kid Hmm. and you. But they're not the expert. They're not trained. No. And there are people who, who will help you. You Hmm. need to be able to willing, you need to be willing to go. I need to ask the right questions. Okay. And go, hmm, my pediatrician might know, but if they don't. Then maybe like, the first call I made when I, we moved to Wisconsin was to a foster care worker because I knew that she would know who the pediatrician was that knew how to handle my kids and that that pediatrician would be able to point me to other resources. And it was the best decision I ever made. So you have to be willing to put the work into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you don't feel like you can, I'm not saying that it's a right fit for everyone because some mm-hmm. kids do need outside, especially kids who have attachment issues mm-hmm. or kids who have physical disabilities that are just beyond mm-hmm. what a, a parent can have equipment for in their home. But I think the, that this past year with the shutdowns and everything has really shown parents that, hey, I'm a lot more capable yeah, than that, I thought I that was. That is true. I'm a lot more capable and I know my kid and I don't need this fancy stuff to help me help my kid. So there's what I'm saying is there's resources available if you're willing to ask for them and seek them out. Find another mom who's been through it. Yeah. Do the research. I mean, you have to research. You can't just be sitting back. expecting. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Right. Well, how are you going to find out? Right. Exactly. What to do. Mm -hmm. And. We live in an amazing age where you can just type something yes, on your computer and going, sure. where's a group in my area yeah. that has kids that are similar to mine and needs, yeah. right. you know, right. homeschool groups or mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. support groups of moms and children and dads mm-hmm. and all these people coming together going, oh yeah, I have a kid with ASD. I have a kid with yeah. Down mm-hmm. syndrome. I have a kid with cerebral palsy or yes. fill in the blank that they figure out how to do these things together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you, where you live, you see this too. Um, but up here, I know there's a number of autism therapy centers, yes, right? They're and just so your becoming child can more go, prevalent. Yes. Yeah. Your child can go for part of a day, mm-hmm. maybe all day, once a week mm-hmm. or something. I have a friend who actually, she started homeschooling her son with autism in the past year because mm-hmm. his needs were not being met with all the virtual school. Her daughter is still in a school, but she has run one of those autism centers for years and years and years. 
And yeah, I think you're right. In the past year, they're becoming even more common. Yes. But they're private centers. They're private centers. They're not attached to schools and you can go and get help and resources. And And maybe respite. Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe a break. Because that's the thing that I hear a lot is people are like, well, you're with your kids all day, every day. I'm like, no, I'm I'm not saying it's not challenging sometimes. For sure. Like this, hanging out with you guys, this is a break (laughs) for me. And it renews me. It rejuvenates me to be able to go and say, hey, I believe more in what we're doing now than I did before. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah, there are ways to get respite. And I think a lot of special needs parents especially go like, how can I handle this? emotionally how can i handle this feeling the isolation Mm -hmm. of it but you you just have to be willing to advocate for yourself as a mom and advocate for your child Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like one of the most discouraging things i heard back i don't remember when when the shutdowns were all happening was a mom friend of mine was freaking out because her four-year-old was being assigned too much from her teacher to accomplish. And I just, I got a little, a little intense with her. I said, your four-year-old <laughs> does not need to be Mm-mm. doing anything except for reading with you and yeah, playing right. with you. Yes. And I kept like, no. Like why is she in school to begin with? Right. <laughs> right. Right. And Take I, her out. And I understood <laughs> right. like where she was coming because she's a working mom. And she's like, well, I depend on this. I'm like, but she's not there. She's right. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does this. This outside source does not get to tell you what your daughter is assigned to do. Your four-year-old is That's assigned right. to do. And it four. just broke my heart. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah. deep breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Your child needs to read with you and play with yes. you. Mix, oh, rinse, repeat. Yes. You know, yes. over and over yes. and over. And it's like, that is what she needs. She doesn't need to do a coloring page mm-hmm. unless she wants to do yeah. a coloring page, mm-hmm. but it's not something you assign. Well, I'm sorry, sweetie, you can't go out and play uh, because you didn't do oh, your coloring you page. I know. Oh my Hannah, sorry. here's what I want to know. Sorry. <laughs> no, listen, we could all go on the soapbox. <laughs> I'm choosing to ask you about yes. this. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I'm dying to know. Okay. Just, could you tell me your typical day? Oh, Awesome. We sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I want to feel like I'm there. Here I am. I'm sitting at your table and I'm just the yeah. people watcher and I'm watching all of this play out. So we are not early risers. No. We sleep in. Um, Good for you. We typically, my kids usually start showing up in my bedroom door <laughs> um, between 8 and 8.30. And those are my little ones. Mom, can we watch a show? <laughs> and I say something educational. Yeah. So they put on Paw Patrol. Or whatever. Uh, Paw Patrol. Max and Ruby is a very oh, popular loved, one. Actually, I loved Max and Ruby. Max and Ruby. Yes. Ruby, Ruby and Max. Max, <laughs> Max and Ruby. So, Ruby and Max. Well, that's been the current, like, thing. I had to shut down a show recently because I'm, like, shouting from the other room, that's not true. <laughs> that's with like, everything now uh, on TV, though. It is a tough one. Max so, and Ruby might be corrupt. I don't even no, know. Max I like and Ruby's the song. pretty simple. Yeah. So that's okay. nice. So they're um, turning on Max and Ruby. So they're turning on Max and Ruby <laughs> until probably 9 o'clock. Okay. And then I come and do my little quick workout. And while I'm doing my workout, the kids are getting dressed. And our, so our house has a, a really separate, it's an old 1912, like, farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a very separate upstairs of and downstairs. Of course it's a farmhouse, Hannah. <laughs> and, of course, you woke up and did your workout. I mean, come on. While well, your kids are watching Max and Ruby educationally. 
I but mean, the other two are still really? sleeping. Remember, the, the other, other two are still sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. So, oh yeah, oh. my my little girl, she's a night owl. So yeah. sometimes she's she needs her wind down time after the other kids are in bed. Yeah. So she might not wake up till nine nine thirty. Yeah, and so but they're getting dressed and yeah, you know, you're working out, trying to. <laughs> trying to be consistent it's like 15 minutes i'm like i can do yeah minutes. moms we can do it it doesn't matter <gasps> how many hard. kids you have we can work out <laughs> so then you know i might you know go shower or whatever and they're usually finishing whatever episode i interrupted to do my workout and then um we usually head down for breakfast about 9 30 mm. and then we have you know we have our table time at breakfast okay i'm a really yes. big fan of tying things to other things oh i love that mm-hmm. bringing it all together so yep. Food Ooh. keeps the kids captive audience, captive audience, yes. <laughs> mouths doing something other that. than poking at their you know siblings. Yes. So we do our memory work and our devotions at breakfast. Nice. Do you have a nice breakfast cooking yeah. in the oven while you're working out? Well, I usually, well, most weekdays we just do like cereal. Yeah. But Fridays is muffin day. I love mm. muffins. Fridays is muffin day. <laughs> Um, and Fridays is our game school day, which we'll talk okay. about. Ah, yes. So yes. Fridays are a little more relaxed and yeah. do like muffins and bacon, which my African gray is like, oh, it's muffin day. And she loves the muffins. <laughs> so then we're usually d- not done with breakfast and our table time till 10 or 1030. Mm-hmm. Like it's nice. a nice long drawn out. Yeah. So that's why I say I never make appointments before 11 o'clock because I can yeah. make it earlier if I need to. Yeah. Right. But if we're just home, mm-hmm. that's what our morning day looks like. And then after breakfast, kids clear the table. I'm following them around, making sure my ADHD boys are not destroying things. Yeah. Uh, everyone has a morning chore to do. It's really basic. My seven-year-old switches over the laundry and gathers the laundry and sorts it. And he's my detail man, mm. so he's really good at that. And he's small, so he can switch the laundry over. Tall people problems. Uh, <laughs> Hannah's quite tall. I'm just, s- we're just going to tell you And this. I'm jealous yes. about that, too, because I'm not. So, I mean, just chalk it up. <laughs> and then um, my daughter empties the dishwasher. We have a portable dishwasher because mm. our house is old and doesn't have counters that work with regular dishwashers. Oh, yeah. So okay. my jack-of-all-trades husband built, like, he took a traditional dishwasher. Yeah. And built a cabinet around it. Oh, wow. So it's, oh, I love it. That's he's like, you I need this. Yes. He's, he's incredible. Shout out to Hannah's husband. Love you, Caleb. <laughs> All right. So then they're doing the morning chores, but except for I was Mr. Say, B. Mr. B is doing Mr. his Mr. B work, does right? his schoolwork yeah. as soon as the table is cleared. Okay. He gets that done. Yeah. Yep. So he goes right into, he usually does his math first. We use Masterbooks currently. I be, love Masterbooks. We love Masterbooks because it's very gentle. It is not. Like when you look at a page, it doesn't look like busy work. Yeah. It's very non intimidating for him. It works really well. And then he goes, does that in his language arts. We go year round. Mm-hmm. So it's too. very like rhythmic. Yep. Um, Which helps. I mean, all kids, right? Yes. But I mean, kids where structure, would, yes. that helps just mood and expected. everything, right? Yes. We do exactly. a lot of if then parenting. So, like, if. You finish this, then you may mm. do this. Okay. That works really well for our strong-willed kiddos who want to control everything. Um, it's like, yes, you have total control over this. If you get this done, then you may do that. I love that. Yes. I'm over there eating a, I'm still in your house. I'm eating a muffin. If you work out, you can eat a muffin. One of Hannah's muffins on Friday. And then you can game school with Oh, them. I if then myself so mm. much. That is, yes. I love that that's concept. Okay. If then. But that's so good. Because so, it, my brain thinks like that. Yes. If you do this, 
then this. I love right. that. Right. So we really try to to stick with that because it takes the fight out. Yeah. And um, we've had with our foster care training and our other therapeutic parenting training, we've had a lot of this like how to work with kids when they're just like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. So with attachment challenges and trauma and stuff like that. So right. if then puts it back in their corner. Yeah. Yeah. And that so they're not such, fighting you because they're yeah. in control and they learn that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, so Mr. B is doing his work after chores are done. Then the other ones are usually off playing, doing something. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to get kind of buzz around, do my household stuff. And then he usually finishes his work, hopefully by noon. Some days, honestly, he works at it until five o'clock. Yeah. And it's like, sorry, dude. But that's yeah. his if then, right? That's I mean, his that if is then. the if and yeah. that's the then. Yeah. Because it, oh, I really wanted to do this today. Yeah, I know. Bummer. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow, Because now tomorrow, not only do you have tomorrow's work, mm-hmm. but you have to finish today's. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that doesn't happen often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I love but. that you do that because while we know that we can be free with homeschooling and there aren't these big, huge things, there are still consequences, consequences. that children need to learn. Yes. And diligence... Yes. Is something that we want them to gain, yes. right? And when and, we're diligent, yes. we see fruit. So with children who've had alcohol exposure, prenatal alcohol exposure, yeah. one thing that many of them struggle with is what's called cause and effect mm. thinking. Mm. Okay. So in our mind, like we take the cap off, we left it off, the water spills. Next time I should put the cap back on the water. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Children who struggle with cause and effect thinking will not make that connection. So that is something that we really have to work hard at with Mr. B is last time you chose to not do this. You chose to get distracted with your brother and not get your work done. And then you didn't get to play the way you wanted to play this time. You need to get your work done. And it's like, he really struggles with that. So, and with spectrum disorders, like some days are great and he gets done. And then other days it's like, how did we lose that? How did we lose that connection? And I'm learning more about how the brain works with that. And it's like, okay, interesting. Ooh, we're getting there. But, but it doesn't mean hard. you failed as a mom because so many moms oh, are like that too. So They're hard. like, okay, it was going yes. great for a couple of days. And, and now he didn't get his work done. I must have done something wrong. Right. But that's not true. <laughs> I was laughing. I was listening to, I am a huge pod, podcast junkie. Huge podcast <laughs> You junkie. are. Oh, huge. You and my husband and my son. And huge. obviously we're podcast junkies too. So, I was listening to... <laughs> A parenting podcast. And Shocking. I was, no, but I was so like, I was being like, what would you call it? The person in a heckler. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> to, like, as yes. I'm listening to the podcast, I'm going to the background. That is not how it works. Oh, no. <laughs> because my children are not wired the way most typical children yeah, right. are. So when you hear like, well, if they can learn to trust that your word is what you say it is, mm. they will follow through the next time. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, that's true. But you know what? I But every act, child's like Yeah, that. they are. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. <laughs> I was doing a Bible study, guys, a Bible study. And I'm not going to say who the author of the book was, but his initials are TT. And he had a parenting book. Okay. Does everybody know him? Well, here's the thing. There we were. And I, I headed up this Bible study. I was the one that said, let's do this parenting Bible study. Well, after reading through and highlighting every single word in the whole entire book, and really jiving with everything he said and then trying to apply it at my mm-hmm. house. I was like, okay, T, Ted Tripp, here's the thing. Let me tell you something. Unless you're going to come to my house with my right. children, I would love to see this in action. And no offense about Ted Tripp because I know it's great shepherding after your child's heart. 
That's a great book, you guys. Right. But I was defeated mm. because, right, yeah. I yeah. was the heckler, too. I was like, okay. And not that but we haven't tried to apply it. Yeah. It's that when they're saying, oh, it's so, it's just this easy. If you're just no, it's consistent. Not. Exactly. If you're just consistent. Yes. And, and that's it's like, the I, and I'm not saying this to brag. This is my personality. This is my training. Yeah. I am a very consistent person. When my children. Say it to brag, because I'm going to say it to brag. I am a very consistent person as well. When my children whine, they do not get what Same. they want. Same story. And when, our kids are good kids. So there you go. And my name my ch- is Rutina. I'll just leave it that, at that for me. <laughs> but when, when my children throw fits at the store. Nothing. They oh. do not get a cookie. Amen, oh, Hannah. No. I love you. So I'm like. They don't even get the groceries. We nope. left We the left store. the store. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. And don't think you're getting a prize if it's not your birthday or anything else. Right. Okay. Nothing for you. <laughs> so I just, I get discouraged when, when yep. these, they're like, well, so you just have to. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and by the way, wait, let me just say this one thing. Shepherding after your child's heart is a great book. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Okay. We'll leave that right there. Okay. Moving forward. <laughs> okay. So uh, I forgot where we were. So uh, schedule. Well, you're yeah, schedule, so, yes. so Mr. B is doing his so schoolwork. The other kids are playing. Yeah. So and then, then when, once he's in a groove, yeah. we don't do lunch. Oh, you don't do lunch. Because mm. you don't feed we have such lunch. a late breakfast. Breakfast oh, takes so long. Okay. Okay. I that agree. we don't do yeah. lunch. Okay. We, if we are, we have two days a week that we have set aside as table time days, which in other circles is called morning basket. We do call it table time because it's not in the morning. Yeah. Um, and my and plus, kids, because you guys are totally different all around anyway, right. and you're Norwegian, so I mean, you don't have to call it. <laughs> and you don't have it in a basket, right? <laughs> we do have it well, in a basket. Well, you have a basket, okay. All because right. my mother-in-law baskets. gave me this beautiful basket, hey. and I had to use it for something. Um, But we do, so we do our table time typically around 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Um, So that's our mid-afternoon, like, snack where all the boys are okay. I'm so hungry so, so everybody's together again everyone's together done. again okay. and if mm-hmm. Mr. B doesn't have his work done before we do table time he has to finish it after okay um so we do you know we'd kind of do a spread so we do like crackers and cheese and fruit okay I love that. sometimes mom will do, make something special but not always and they're okay with that we've been doing a cooking class together so sometimes the kids will help prep it so we do our poetry our our poetry memory work, our, we like Aesop's fables. I love fairy Aesop's tales. Fables. Yes, all the fun stuff. All the fun yeah. stuff. Um, we're going to be doing more history stuff this year. We haven't done a whole lot of history because we've been doing mostly picture book mm-hmm. uh, biographies and things like mm-hmm. that to this point. But with the kids getting a little bit older, I'd like them to kind of connect the dots a little. So then we do table time and then we're done. So like okay. if the other kids haven't done their work, then I'll sit down with them and do their work. Mm-hmm. I'm doing, uh, we use all about reading mm-hmm. for our reading curriculum. And so that's parent involved. Yes. Where I have to sit and yeah. do that. Right. But it takes us 15 minutes. Exactly. Right. 15 minutes a day per yeah. child. And, and yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the, and my seven year old can whip out his piggy math, which is the master mm-hmm. books and, <laughs> yeah. you know, do that. He mm-hmm. developmentally, like math wise, he's easily third, fourth grade math, but his fine motor skills are not. Yeah. Okay. So he is, especially with gameplay and everything, he's, he's already past that, but I have to slow him down to do his handwriting. And that's mainly what his work is. I'm focusing on neatness and form. Which again is a, a, it amounts to a character thing in the long. Exactly. So I'm not worried about him doing, well, you didn't do this many ages. I want him to do his nicest, neatest work to develop that small motor yeah. skills. So, yeah, so that's kind of how our day goes. Let's and then talk game school. Game yes, school. because here's yes. where, this is yeah. chapter five of my book, because okay. 
when I was writing the book last fall, mm-hmm. and it all just got dumped in my lap. That's a and whole you different said, story. Hey, yeah, and I put the call stories. out there, and I said, "Okay, homeschooling friends, I need some mm. stories to illustrate the use of the eight grade smarts mm-hmm. in a homeschool setting." This is how and you guys met. Yes. Well, I mean, we, Hannah well, was in my group, but yeah. it's a This is the way we group. more yeah. formally connected. Right. Yeah. Because Hannah was, okay. I'm not kidding you, I don't know if I told you this, the first person who messaged me and said, I'm in. What do you want? Well, because <laughs> it was like minutes later, I happened mm-hmm. to see it come up and I was like, yes, because yeah. I love Kathy Cook's work so much. And yeah. I've been following her for years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I know what this is. <laughs> And you've been using it? Oh, we've and been using it? Yeah. yeah. And so Hannah wrote a story um, about her daughter, which you can kind of summarize mm-hmm. for us a little bit. That'll motivate people to hopefully buy the book, which yeah. launches tomorrow morning officially. Woo-hoo! Which mine did not get here yet. Oh, bummer. Well, that's saying means- it's not going to be here yeah. till the 15th. Yeah. Oh. I'm like, what? Mine didn't either, actually. Noah's okay, dead. Good. Mine did not. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. just have to get together again so I can that's sign right. it for you. Well, I'll um, be coming up for the... Book oh, signing. the book signing. I'm so okay, excited. So that'll work. Hannah, but... you need to come all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be your friend. This is the second time that I met Hannah, but I just, yeah. I love you. I think it's just everything's so yeah. great. <laughs> you should just be part of our podcast, I think. <laughs> so Hannah wrote this story and basically yes. a few tweaks here and there. The story in the yeah. book is really what Hannah wrote. Yeah. And I just adapted the the style maybe for right. the rest of it. So because <laughs> um, I wrote it in very like narrative kind of form and yeah. it had to be tweaked so, a little bit right yeah. just to match the the way the, the st- other stories were yeah. in the other chapters um, and it's a cool cool story so if you want to kind of share sure. that with us because that's inspiring too because people think they have to use textbooks all the right. time so this is my whole thing is what is the goal for your child that is mm-hmm. my number one thing if something does not meet the goal you don't have to do it if something is going to help you accomplish the goal it counts yes bottom line amen so um So our daughter is so bright and she is doing things. She's very, very logic smart. So we were noticing with her that she was catching on to things that we didn't even realize she was catching on to. We're like, oh, like she's catching on to adult conversations and things that she's like, oh, and she's putting, you know, A's and B's together. We read a lot. We love doing chapter books. We read it. Oh, that's the other thing. We read at dinner time. Oh, I mm-hmm. love that. We read mm-hmm. all the time at this house. Yeah. Too. yeah. So, Always. and we're reading like longer and longer books. We're like, how are you doing that? We just, they're eating. I'm reading. Yeah. And I. And listening comprehension is so much yes. higher than reading comprehension in yes. children. So they, exactly. can, they can grasp a lot when right. you're being allowed. Right. Exactly. So she, we were just getting a little concerned because she was getting to the age when she was about eight where her Friends were starting to be more fluent readers and she was barely putting two sounds together. And we're like, okay, there's a disconnect here. She did not want to sit down with me and do reading lessons. We're like, okay, what do we do? She loves to play. She's so imaginative. So I got a puppet all about reading. (laughs) Has a puppet. Ziggy the puppet. Ziggy the the zebra. And I do voices. And Mm. so Ziggy is a character in our house. Because the kids will come up and say, can we please do a reading game? And can Ziggy play with us? So we started doing that. I'm like, oh, she's really like getting into this. Okay. We've always been a board game family. My husband and I are geeks. We've always been tabletop gamers, which for non-geeky people, that just means board games that are more involved than like Monopoly. Monopoly is technically a tabletop game. Yeah. The game you play on your table. Right. Um, a physical game. It's a not, physical it's not game. a Thank you. digital game of some form, right? So yeah. we love games. And so we were just playing games as we did. And we just realized that she was catching on to things that we didn't think that an eight-year-old 
would be able to grasp. Pokemon is a big thing at our house. I know people have opinions on Pokemon, but it's been a big thing in our house. And she was understanding the cards, like just visually looking at them without being able to read them. If I say, mm-hmm. oh, this card has this ability, mm-hmm. she would remember it two, mm-hmm. three times later. Yeah. So her memory was like locked onto these things. Oh, well, you said this card did this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, you're right. She's like, see? (laughs) Um, So she caught on to things really quickly. We started learning chess together. I never Mm. learned chess growing up. So Mm. we started learning chess. She's amazing Mm. at chess. So I'm like, okay, how can we use games to bring out this other part? Or build her confidence so that she gets it. So like I said, she has an amazing reading tutor. And she was going to her reading tutor. And her reading tutor started saying, what is going on with, with, with her? She's like having this explosion mm. of energy and knowledge. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's because we're playing these games so regularly. Because she just, her love language is very much quality time. Mm. Yeah. So you tie the quality time love language oh, yes. to the logic smarts mm-hmm. and games make that. Oh, and then yes. you were doing it consistently. Then we were doing it consistently. Yeah. We okay. play typically, at, uh, in a typical week, we play at least one game a day. Mm. But some days especially Fridays, we set aside as kind of like, this is our day that we're doing this three, four, five games. And they're not, you know, some of them are Monopoly Junior, but other ones are these really complex games that, yeah. you know, she's like, I beat you. How about Clue? Do you guys play Clue? We have not gotten okay. into Clue My yet. daughter has been begging us to play Clue. And I'm just going to say that I want to be a game girl, but here's how it goes with me. I can't, I, I don't know where I fall in that whole thing with the smarts, but Maybe logically, it, it's logically just not there. it might be difficult. Yeah, yeah. it really it might is. Be not one of your top few. So it's not. Well, I'm not saying you're that. illogical. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we all have all eight, Jenny. Okay, yes, we logic do. smart may not be one of your top two yeah, or three because we default to our top two or three. Right. Yeah. Like for me, nature smart is surely number eight. Can I muscle it up and go camping with my husband every seven years? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do I like it? No. Yeah. The seven-year camping itch. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is this thing because I've wanted to be a game person. Yeah. I think it's just in in us as homeschoolers even because I've I've seen so many people like you who do play games. Oh, and I have a friend. I've got recommendations for uh, you, Jenny. So I have a friend who board games. Their their family just mm. loves yeah. games. And um, I'm going to put her name right out there. It's Becky Schomer. She is a game person mm-hmm. and going to Goodwill and getting all the different yep. games. So I wanted to make my cabinet filled with games. Noah's not a game person either. Mm-hmm. Madeline loves games. She's a very logic girl. Mm-hmm. Noah and I, and so Joel, my husband, and Madeline, games. Me and Noah, I, not so much. you guys figure it out. Just tell me how it goes and then I'll move the pieces. That's me. <laughs> so here's the cool thing about games, though. Reading directions even stresses is, me. Out. I mean, is yeah. so many different games cover so many different areas of our smarts because you have the language like yes you have the games that really focus on language and wordplay my family will not play taboo with me and it makes me so sad see i i would love taboo that i have played i that is me that's a word smart smart. see there it is there you go yeah so you don't need to play chess you can and then you have no picture smart game yes you have picture smart games where you're fitting pieces together or you're Mm. recognizing pieces of Mm -hmm. art or you're recognizing like the I spy type things. Right. Um, then you have then you have your ones that are more logic geared. But what I love about games and the way, way we use them is to develop strengths that aren't as developed yet. So yes. like with my daughter, her reading comprehension 
is being encouraged by reading cards and games. Because now yeah. that she can read better, yes. now it's, okay, you need to read your own cards. <laughs> yes, they're next But, up. you know, my five-year-old's playing adult-level games because he just needs a little support. There's this concept in early childhood um, called scaffolding, where what your child can do with a little bit of help is a big part of their development. So, yeah. like, you think about bring your two-year-old to the park. They want to climb that ladder, and you're like, eh! But you put your hand right behind them. Yes. They're climbing the ladder. You're being there as support. Yes. So when you're playing games, who says you can't read your five-year-old's cards for you? That's right. But he gets to make the decision Mm -hmm. of what card to play or what piece to put where. And then you can say, hmm, is that the best idea? Yes, I want to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, Or, oh, no, that might not be... The best choice. So my 11-year-old struggles with risk management, Hmm. which means that when he's playing a game, he's going, I want to do all the things, and he doesn't know when to stop. Hmm. So one of our favorite games is called Trash Panda. It's a dice game. (laughs) Super easy dice game. Yeah, It's dice and cards, and when you roll the dice, you have to decide whether you're going to keep the dice you got or keep going. Okay, And you can keep going and get better dice, but you might lose them all. That's risk management. Yeah. So when okay. you're playing Yahtzee and you're going, oh, but I could go for a large straight. And then you lo- you'd get nothing. You get yeah. all ones or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. See, even Yahtzee stresses me out. Because so I've that, never even played Yahtzee, but that's because it stresses me out. That's co- so that's yeah. called risk management. Okay. So that's for a kid with special needs, especially with, on the autism spectrum, risk management is really hard. Because yeah. it's, hmm, do I keep going yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, or do I stop? So that's something that games really help to develop. So much learning happens with games. So much. And what's nice is because all of your children, you're working on all different, you can incorporate it so they're getting a well-balanced, for all the kids, that everybody can be involved. Yes. And yet working in different areas. Right. And and finding games where everyone can play can be a little tricky, but sometimes you go on teams or things Mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes the five-year-old has no interest in playing. He's like, I'm off doing my yeah. own thing. Yeah, he's building with Legos he's over building the with corner, Legos right? over there. <laughs> Listening, yeah. He's building card houses. That was me. Oh, oh that's... I love card houses. Mr. D, oh, he's... Oh. So, magnetiles are a really big mm. toy in our house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you know what these are? They're like square magnetic tiles. Yes. He was building these super complex structures at like three years old. He is very much pattern and... Nature smart. He's. I was listening to... I was listening to the podcast um, and just going like, yes, that, that pattern yeah. of it's not just about being outside. It's the, no, it's the patterns. Yeah. So when he builds with wow. wooden blocks, he's mm-hmm. not just building towers. He's building these complex pyramids. Yeah. And it's so cool to see. And he's the one when my 11 year old's practicing his times tables, mm-hmm. the five-year-old is correcting him. <laughs> mm. Wow. People are like, the patterns. Oh, yeah. He's so advanced. I said, no, he hears his brother doing it and he's catching on to the pattern of yes. it. And so he's saying it. I'm like, but that's the benefit of homeschooling is mm-hmm. that who says the five-year-old's too young to know what seven that's right. times three is? That is right. right. That's, that is there's right. no age difference to that. So that's really where the passion for me for, for the games comes in is that it meets so many needs. Absolutely. All at once. Yeah. And the bonding. Yes, the family. The family togetherness, yes, right. where we're encouraging each other. Do you guys know what cooperative games are? Do you know that term? Yes, I don't know any examples off the top of my okay. head. But so yeah. cooperative games are games that you're playing together to accomplish a common goal. 
Ah. So pandemic is a really popular one. I guess now. Oh. <laughs> Shockingly. It's <laughs> so funny. The Forbidden Desert series is another really popular mm-hmm. one for adults. Um, for children. It's kind of like those escape room things, right? I mean, you're working together so. yeah. for the goal, yeah. right? Okay. So some popular ones for children are there's the Peaceable Kingdom games mm. um, are are typically cooperative. Hoot Owl Hoot is a really basic mm. preschool one where you're going to, you're trying to get all the owls to the nest, but you're working together to make that happen. Okay. Um, there's a one called um, Outfoxed. Outfoxed. There's enunciate a little better. Which is like a clue mm. type game where you have. Well, to, Madeline would love it, but I'm not sure I would. Where you're working together <laughs> to help you to solve who stole the pie. Ooh, see, <laughs> um, pie, I could do it. So cooperative sure. games are great for a lot of reasons, but children who are super competitive, yeah, and don't like to lose, yes, mm. they get that support that you're all on the same team well, together. That's good. No and so that's losing. A, that's yeah, a really yeah. huge. You're either winning together or you're losing yeah, together. Yeah, and if you lose together, you go. Oh man, what could we be? We do better. Yeah, that's really good. Next time. So those are huge for family bonding and for accomplishing those goals in a way that's more gentle, unconfrontational. Yeah. Do you have your list of recommended games on Stubborn Fish Tales? Your I blog? do. Okay. I do. So. And um, there will be a frequently asked questions of how to pick the right game. For my my kid, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the things we covered, like, what if my kid's too competitive or cries all the time when they lose? Um, what if the box says <laughs> eight plus and my kid is five? Can these my are, kid play yeah, this game? These are things real like questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I always talk about it's skill based. If your child can follow an instruction and take turns, then they're ready for a preschool type game like not even, I wouldn't even say preschool, like Monopoly Junior, any of the junior games. Okay. If they're able to follow instructions, but they can't read yet, that's fine. You can support them with that. But then you just kind of go up. If they're able to sit and focus for longer periods of time, you get to up the ante. Yeah, and there's good. there's no rule that says, it's not like like with TV shows where they're like, well, this will have content that, mm. you know. right. Some games, yeah, are geared towards adults and have more violence or battles or whatever in it. Mm-hmm. But your typical game that you're going to find at, at um, a game store stuff is more geared toward difficulty level. Yeah. And the skill. So if you have a child that's really like into this and they're like, oh yeah, I would do this, this, and this, they're probably ready for a more logic based game. Yeah. It's they're just, beyond Uno. Yeah. If they're beyond <laughs> Uno and they're bored with that, find yeah. a different, find something different. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, that's good. Tina, well, what do you think? Does anybody else have any, anything that we missed? What are your key takeaways that you want parents to remember from Mm. your visit with us today, Hannah? The goal is what matters. Yes. If, whether it's cooking or doing a chore or reading a book, if it doesn't accomplish the goal you have for your child, it's not worth it. If it does accomplish the goal, no matter what it is, it counts. So for those of us who have children with special needs, the goals might look different, you know, I'm not looking for my son to be able to do calculus. I want him to be able to balance a budget, to not be taken advantage of by someone who might, you know, try to give him a loan or something Mm. that he's not able to read. I want him to be able to be competent as an adult, to be able to take care of himself as an adult. Those are where my goals are toward. 
are they going to be able to live the life that they were created to live in a successful way? Right. So everything I do is toward those goals. Mm -hmm. Like I said, whether it be cooking or chores or the games we play or even, you know, the shows we watch, like, is it against my goals for my kid? Well, then Mm -hmm. it needs to go away. Right. Right. If it's going toward our goal, then it gets to stay. It doesn't matter if the world says, well, that's not academic enough. Uh, if it mm-hmm. goes toward the goal that we're trying to achieve, it gets space yes. in our house. You know, and, and books, like, but like I said, books are a big thing for us. If a book is boring to us, we do not keep reading it. <laughs> Amen. Why would you? <laughs> there are too many good books out there. Yes. Mm-hmm. That even if someone else said, oh, this is just such a great book. If it is boring and your kids are glossing over and not saying, what comes next? Put it on the shelf. They can read it on their own time if they're interested. Yeah. But it is not worth your family's time. That's right. Right. Because right. so, it won't accomplish the goal. It won't accomplish the you goal. You want them to learn to read better and to love books. And to love right? yes. That's Stories. the main thing so that they always want to read. Yep. Yes. But if they hate reading, that doesn't accomplish the goal. Mm-mm. Yes. So. Um, audiobooks are also yes. a huge thing for us. Yeah. And again, with an audiobook, if the narrator is bad, <laughs> choose a different narrator if possible. Yeah. Because our narrator can... Make or break. Yeah, that's for sure. The audiobook. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the big thing that my kids love to listen to these stories over and over. And that's the yeah. other thing. Do things over and over. If they mm-hmm. want to play the same game mm. again and again and again, they're getting something out of it. Yes. They're getting something out of it. And when they're done with it, they will move on. That's yes. right. Trust your kids. Trust your kids. If, yeah. The same thing with the picture book. How You know, with, with little ones. They bring the same book to you how many times? They love that. They love it. Mm -hmm. It brings comfort. It brings stability. And they're getting something out of it. So we read um, The Boxcar Children Ah. probably three or four times a year. Okay. Because it's their favorite. And they know every line by heart. My daughter listens to the audiobook almost every day. Mm. She loves it because it's familiar. Yeah, that's right. And so it's like she gets more and more out of it. And she's in that grammar stage. And that's the thing is in that grammar stage, that is exactly how God would wire human beings is children in that stage love that again and again. That's why they tell you again, mama, again, can we watch it again? And do you want to know something? I I heard this quote and I'm going to ruin it. So I won't even try to say it, but it's, it's pretty much like this is just think about every morning when the sun comes up. And you see, and maybe you're not even up then. Hannah's not up then. But I'm not up. <laughs> I'm up sometimes. I could watch it again and again mm-hmm. and again and again. And aren't we like that with God? Again, yes. again, Father, again. Yes. Why isn't that good enough for our kids? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. I, One last thought. Yes. Because you told me to mention it, and you probably forgot you told me to mention it. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So my husband's perspective on this. Mm. So he, my husband's a software engineer. Okay. Self-taught. Mm. he's he's a genius i'm not using that term lightly he's he's he has a high school diploma and 26 credits in theology and he is one of the most sought after in his field i love it because he wanted it yes so but he was public schooled and he's like well i was bored you know no doubt so so this past year he's been working from home full-time so he's been able to observe what our homeschool looks like. He's been able to observe the benefit it has on our kids and just the affirmation from him that I've gotten that yeah. this is enough. And for him to be like, 
you know, because before it was hard because he's so driven and he's so like, talk about being intimidated by a logical thinker. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, I will not play that game with you. Yeah. It is not fun <laughs> to play that game with me. Um, I have two of those here. So. It's like, no. Race yourself. Let's play Uno. Right. <laughs> Let's play Uno. I'll beat you a taboo. Okay. <laughs> I'll do. Um, I'll play war with you. Okay. <laughs> but to see his perspective on it and going, I get this. And so he changed when he could oh, see it so much. That's yeah. Good. yeah. To see and observe and walk through and him seeing. Yeah. And he, he stops and tells the kids, do you know how lucky you are mm, that your mom that. does this for you? I'm like, you know, <laughs> smiling oh. from the inside because he sees what benefit it is yeah. for my kids and for our kids. And that he's cheering me on. But at the same time, he's telling them this is worth it. And that is just so cool. Uh, the, the funniest thing lately, and I'll end with this, is that we are reading an amazing book by Jonathan Ogsier called Sophie Choir and the Last Story Guard. The first book is called Peter Nimble and His Fantastic Eyes. And the second is Sophie Choir and the Last Story Guard. It's an intense book. I would not recommend it for kids that are not used to intense books, but my <laughs> kids are like, bring it. <laughs> so it's thick. And at the beginning of the book, this is not a spoiler because it's the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. they find out that Sophie's mom had been murdered. Mm. And so my little five-year-old is in this too. And she's like, oh, so they're like, who did it? And so they're, they're developing these hypotheses of who murdered Sophie's mom. And I write them down on a card. So later on, so I'm reading at dinner time, and sometimes my husband joins us. Sometimes it doesn't, depending on his meetings and stuff. But he's walking through and the kids are just like shouting. And like, I'm like, he's like, what is going on? I said, oh, it's just intense literary discussion because we had just found out. Did it. Who did it? Uh, and they were like, I told you. And they're like shouting at each other. Uh, and then he's like, this is the moment. These are the moments that matter because the book was no longer like, oh, we have to read a book. It yeah. was part of our family culture. It was yes, part. I we're love forever going to be able to look back on it and go, do you remember yes. this line from that story? Yes. Or yeah. So that's yeah. just a really cool thing that to have the affirmation of things are, yes. are going the way they're oh, supposed amen. to be. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> you are enough. You are enough. Doesn't matter. Thank you for joining us today, tonight, <laughs> whenever you did. We are beyond blessed to be able to talk homeschool with you. We're so thankful that you tune in, and I hope that you join us next week. <laughs>